Welcome to another episode of Involving Element. I'm here with Fefe, and I'm here today to talk about my fitness journey so far. Wow, that is awesome. I can't wait to jump into this. Um, where should we begin? Where should we begin in this journey? Show us. Um, I guess from the beginning of quarantine. Uh, so I've always been a dancer growing up. I've done ballet. Um, I did a little bit of ballroom in college, and then I moved into some heels dancing. So I've always, you know, I've always had physical activity um, in, you know, in my life, but I've never been like one of those like heavy gym goers uh, doing weightlifting or any of that stuff. Um, but I guess in the beginning of this year, I had a couple of big trips planned for the summer. I was actually going to go climb Kilimanjaro. Obviously that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, I was like, let me just get into shape to do this. I also was going to travel to Europe as well. Um, so I was like, I don't know, maybe like two weeks into my gym routine. And then that's when COVID hit and then everything just closed down. Wow. Talk about a tra- total, total <laughs> vibe kill right there. You I had know. so many good like, things going for you. All right. Mm-hmm. So let's, can, if we could just backtrack a little bit, you said dancing was been the, the root of most of your, your, your existence here on planet earth. <laughs> yes. Tell us about that. How, what inspired that? <sighs> that's a good question. Um, I mean, I've, I've always been dancing, like, ever since I was a little girl. I was born in China, and um, so I started off with, like, Chinese folk dancing uh, back home. And then when I came to the United States, that's when I kind of switched over to ballet. But it's always been pretty recreational for me. I would go, like, maybe once a week, and that was it. And it was just some sort of form of physical activity that I was doing um, throughout high school. And I also joined, like, a modern dance team in high school as well. Um, and then it wasn't until college, really, that... I got more serious for me when I started competing in ballroom. Um, and yeah, so I danced ballroom competitively for about five to six years, which was really fun. Um, and I think that's when I started to realize my true passion for dance and being able to connect to the music and feel your body moving the way that the music flows, you know, and I think that's like such a par- powerful skill to have, I guess. Growing up, I've never really thought about dance being um, a major part of my life, if that makes sense. Like, it was always a hobby, and I was always raised to be like, my career is my career, and my hobbies are my hobbies. Um, So I never really thought about using dance or using physical activity to do something more with it. Um, But the more I did it, the more I realized my passion for it, and uh, the more I was like, you know what, like, why do I have to restrict myself to just doing? So I'm an engineer by day, um, so it's like, why do I just have to do engineering? Uh, And that's it, you know, like, I could do multiple things, and there's multiple things in life that make me happy. Um, So I think that's kind of really what jump-started my motivation to start trying out new things. Um, I've explored a lot of different types of dance as well, um, and they're all different. So it's really interesting because I have, you know, my ballet fundamental background, mm-hmm. but every type of dance that you try, there's just a different aspect to it, and there's a different relationship to the music and to your body, um, and it brings out, like, a different emotion in you. So I think that's really awesome. Like, you can never get bored of dancing. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> what better hobby to get involved in? That's amazing. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's healthy. It's a great way to express yourself. And it's also a way to you know, just meet other people who share the same passion. You know, I you said ballroom mm-hmm. dancing. I, I can see myself just stepping over everyone's feet. You know, the first first couple of months or years, you said you did it for five years. That's that's impressive. <laughs> I just I just imagine that you you are like 
a, a perfect example of what balance looks like in like a physical <laughs> sense, like of not just losing yourself. And I know that's something you probably train um, or maybe it came match with you. I'm not too sure. Maybe you can tell me, but that's amazing. Like that's a great metaphor just for life to just be able to know that you can balance X, Y, and Z and also do it in relationship to your partner, right? Your physical mm-hmm. dance partner right. who's, who's relying on you to make that move at that particular precise moment. And it's like, why not use that as a metaphor for the rest of my life, right? So you said, let yeah. me start doing okay. other things, which is cool. And you said you're an mm-hmm. uh, engineer by yes. day? Okay. Can you, wait, yes. can you break this down? Because most, <laughs> most time engineers aren't like professional dancers. So can you help us out, understand that a little bit? Yeah. So I actually work for a civil engineering company. Um, so our company does design work for commercial buildings. Uh, so I actually do 3D modeling for like mechanical equipment and mechanical systems that go into commercial and residential buildings. So it's very different uh, from dance. I also majored in operations research, which is essentially just like applied math. Uh, and I've, I mean, I've always been kind of a math Mm-hmm. sciencey type of person in terms of academics and that's kind of where I've always seen my path going in terms of my professional life mm-hmm. um, and I think it's actually funny that you mentioned how different engineering and dances I feel like I actually see a lot of engineers in dance and I think it's because like one side of our brain has worked so hard during the day that we need something to release it on the other side you know and it's like it's kind of this give and take um, and of course I never started off with like perfect balance or anything like that you know it takes a lot of training and discipline right yeah i mean you're (laughs) both of your brains are fired up so one is working (laughs) another one's taking a break right now and that's Mm -hmm. great i i as a creative myself i'm always looking for something mathematical or something like just something technical to do like something Mm -hmm. with my hands or something i'm not that good at it but (laughs) it's if you call writing technical then i guess that's kind of like my wiggle Mm -hmm. way through it but that's interesting because i wouldn't have i would have never thought in a million years i've worked with engineers before Mm-hmm. Um, on a, on a, in a college level, and I was there ra- basically as like you could say a secretary, just handling their notes, <laughs> making sure their presentations look nice, you know, and mm-hmm. helping them with their speech when they gave um, um, well speeches, duh, right? <laughs> um, so that was my role working with them. But I always noticed that they were super curious in what I was doing, and I started getting super curious about what they were up to. So they were working Mm -hmm. with Arduinos, and they were working with um, algorithms and stuff at the time, and programming, and the robotics team was, like, right next door. So we were, like, I used to pick up a lot of that stuff, and I'd be like, wow, that is really interesting how this Mm -hmm. can translate into that. So I know 3D printing is a, you know, yeah. a lot different, or you could tell me what the difference really are, because I, I, <laughs> I don't really know. But 3D printing is a huge thing nowadays, especially in multiple fields, health, the mm-hmm. list goes on. Um, space aeronautics, I mean, that's that's something. Is there something about 3D printing that you were attracted to, or just happened to fall into that particular role because of your background? Uh, so I actually don't do 3D printing. It's uh, We do 3D modeling of buildings. Uh, so for example, like, you know, I, we have the architectural model for a certain building and then we would need to calculate how much air and how much water is required for each individual room of the building. Um, and then based on calculation, so these calculations will come from either New York state code or the, like, you know, the country code. Um, there's like minimal code requirements uh, for the amount of air and the water that is needed to circulate through if it's like a residential hotel or um, apartment versus an office building, they require like completely different types of uh, mechanical equipment. 
So yeah, so we just do the actual modeling uh, inside of software so that you see like all the ductwork and the piping that's going throughout the building. And then uh, the contractors are able to pick that up and model it in real life. So. Okay, my mind's exploded right now. Like, I'm very, I'm very interested in this now. I'm just curious. Like, like you have this 3D model inside of a computer system. Is is it a joint effort, or is it like one person that works on it? How do people work on it? It's definitely a joint effort. So um, it's synced to a cloud. So all of the, I guess, the elements in the model are connected. So if you uh, move one element, it'll tell you if. Uh, someone else already has ownership of that element and then you wouldn't be able to move it unless someone else syncs the model and releases mm-hmm. the element. So that's kind of how I guess it would be similar to like if you're working in a Google Doc or something like that. So okay. everyone's working at it together and then syncing it to the cloud. Um, and that's kind of how we get things done. So I work in the mechanical department. So as I talked about, that's like the, the air and the water requirements. We also have electrical department for, you know, lighting and all that stuff. And there's plumbing and there's structure and everything. So there's the ton of different trades and a ton of different uh contractors that go into you know the mm-hmm. design of a building so. so so how long would it take like more or less for all this to get packaged and then delivered to say the person the constructors i guess or the the folks who are actually going to physically build this thing it depends on the size of the project but i would say at least a year uh, for most, you know, regular buildings. Although during the height of COVID, we actually did do some redesigning of gymnasiums and hotel rooms into like COVID compliant um, hospitals, okay. which was pretty cool. And we had to get that done in like a week, you know, because it was like a really high turnover rate. So it would just be like changing up whatever we could inside the existing system to make it uh, compliant with, you know, housing COVID patients. So. Right. Wow, that's so yeah. cool. Like, you, you know, we before COVID, we didn't think that we would be doing anything related to mm-hmm. uh, something like that. But man, that must have been a interesting transition. What was like the first week for you, like just for lockdown? Like, what was that like for you? Just just understanding it and realizing it like, oh, damn, this is like, this is a thing. Yeah, it's, it was actually really funny. So um, one of my friends was staying over with me over the weekends because we were studying together. And I remember that weekend, uh, she was like, you know, I'm just going to chill here for a couple of days. And we're like, okay, let's, let's just go to the gym together the next morning. So then the next morning comes. And then that's kind of when things started to shut down. And then we were like, oh, no, like what's happening? And then I was like, should I start working from home? And so that's when I was working from home. And then she was like, yeah, maybe I'll just hang out here for a couple of days. I wait for this whole COVID thing to die down and then mm-hmm. we'll just go back to normal. And then I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, that's fine. And uh, obviously that didn't happen in the span of three days. So we actually ended up getting quarantined together for like three weeks um, because she lives, so I live near Port Authority and she lives uh, down in Brooklyn. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a far trek. And at that time, we just didn't know what the situation was like outside. So she was mm-hmm. kind of afraid to leave the house and, you know, take public transportation to go back home. Mm-hmm. So I was like, just, you know, just stay with me for a couple of weeks. Uh, she had to like go to the store to buy clothes and stuff. <laughs> um, but I'm actually really grateful that she ended up staying with me because I know that it was such a difficult time for everyone to all of a sudden be in lockdown, not see anyone for mm-hmm. months, you know, at a time. That's when we kind of jump started our fitness uh, schedule and we started designing home workouts looking up uh, youtube videos so that's how we uh discovered blog lotties there's pamela reeve chloe ting all of the you know youtube fitness gurus out there um and i think that if we hadn't been quarantined together it would have been really difficult to 
immediately start going on Zoom and start doing virtual workouts together. So in hindsight, it was actually a blessing that that happened. And I don't think I would be where I am today if that wasn't the case. Wow. Shout out to your friend for getting quarantined. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and it, it paid off for both of you. Um, I'm assuming health wise and, and then mm-hmm. also just, you know, just monetary, hopefully. Um, but that's yeah. cool. I mean, and plus you're helping people. So it's, it's, you know, you get three of the best worlds there. You're helping yourself, yeah. helping your wallet and you're helping other people in the process. I know yeah. that you have something special coming this weekend. This is your first live. Is it, is it zoom or is it like, how is this going to roll out? So it's actually going to be an outdoor class um, at Bryant Park, and it's going to be my first official workout class as a certified trainer uh, for Pit 28. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and I'm just going to explain briefly about what sure. Pit 28 is. Uh, so it was founded by Cassie Ho, who is also the founder of Blog Lotties, uh, which you know, she's just a YouTube fitness guru. And it's a combination of Pilates and HIIT uh, workout moves. So it's a 28-minute workout, and it targets uh, the entire body. So it's kind of like a variable intensity um, interval training workout. So instead of going high intensity for the entire duration, you have these Pilates-inspired strength moves that are intertwined um, so that you kind of have a a little bit of breathing room and a little bit of active recovery uh, before you go back into the high-intensity cardio moves. So. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> intense definitely should be like in bolded letters, right? <laughs> yes. You will sweat during this exercise, right? And why else would you be here if you're not going to sweat? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, how, like you said, you were already preparing for this big, big like hike, right? This big climb, oh, yeah. right? And uh, so you were kind of like in the mindset of doing that. What, what, is there any advice that you give someone who's thinking about um, taking part? And like, for example, your weekend. Um, activity would what kind of advice would you give them if they're just mentally because I know it must take time to just mentally prepare for yourself yeah mm. um, I mean I think that you know you should just come with an open mind and um, I will I'll always be showing modifications for all the moves so you know like don't don't be like oh I can't do the moves and like I'm so intimidated because I don't have you know a fitness background everyone starts from the beginning you know and it's okay to be at a different level someone else as long as you see your own personal growth and you're taking that first step to do something good for yourself you know and like at the end of the day comparing yourself to your past self is what matters and you shouldn't really be comparing to other people you know okay so this is a good like this is a good step into a good way to introduce um yourself to something brand new fitness wise Mm -hmm. a lot of people make resolutions and they just never go anywhere right they start one week and it feels great and then oh wait something came up and then it goes downhill <laughs> yeah, from there. So exactly. what would what would you say will keep um what keeps you motivated um throughout this whole process? You have you seem like you have a lot of optimism built in within you already instilled. Mm-hmm. Um what do you think contributes to that, if you can elaborate maybe? I think one of the biggest thing is having a workout buddy. Um I think that it really helps in terms of keeping yourself accountable. You know, when you're doing things for yourself. Uh, sometimes it's, it's easy to just be like, oh, whatever, like, I'll just do it tomorrow. No one is judging me except for myself. So it's okay. You know, but if you have someone else there who is also pushing you and also pushing themselves, um, it kind of gives you guys both this motivating factor to continue going. Um, and another thing that really helps is to have a specific goal in mind, you know, whether that's a trip that you're taking or, um, I don't know, like a 
specific fitness, like maybe you want to do one pull up and that's your fitness goal, you know, and you're working Mm -hmm. and you're doing exercises to get to that goal. And I think that helps a lot to keep yourself in check and to be like, all right, this is how much I've progressed so far from the beginning. That's cool. And and you being on Instagram or, or just social media all together, mm-hmm. that rush of um, dopamine that you get when you get a like, right? Would you say that's <laughs> is that? Would you say working out is similar to that, or is it even better? Oh, I think it's so much better. <laughs> okay, good. All right, For sure. All yeah, right, you heard that um, audience. It's better. <laughs> get out there. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. When you're working out, you know, your heart rate is going up, you're doing something good for your body, especially now during quarantine, when most people are kind of just confined in their apartments for the entire day, you might not even be going outside for fresh air. And that's really draining for the body for sure. You know, there are times when I don't go out for a few days, and then I get really dizzy and lightheaded. And I'm like, Oh, what's happening? You know, so it's always good to keep yourself physically fit. um, Even if it's just for, you know, a walk around the block. Um, or some like yoga or stretching, anything that gets you moving and gets your blood flowing. Yes, your blood flowing. Make you feel really good. Yeah. I like what you said there. Like even going for a walk can be something that is a start. Or it's it's mm-hmm. something, right? But being confined yeah. to our house, breathing the same air, you know, the mm-hmm. dust mites. I mean, apparently, uh, eventually that's going to catch up to you. Um, yeah, for sure. And, and just make you a real grouchy person, I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've definitely been grouchy during this COVID um, from time to time, given that mm-hmm. everything is remote now. So it's like spending all day out, you know, thank God I have a window, but if yeah. I didn't, I'd probably be like, um, like how you see those movies with prisoners and maximum security <laughs> and they just got the soft cushion on the sides and they're just all, all, so yeah, I, I mean, that's what I imagine if there was no window and plus, you know, yeah. I, I enjoy being outside. So mm-hmm. I, knowing that even like when I do go for the long walks that I'm still contributing, sometimes I feel bad, like, oh man, I didn't do like, I didn't do really something that I really sweated today. Like, and sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice, but it's nice to know mm-hmm. that even a walk is still good enough. Um, for time being, you know, it's not, you don't have to do the intense 20 hour, (laughs) you know, thing every day. So just, just for someone who's a newbie into all this, what would you recommend now that you're certified, you know, you got some, (laughs) I got some street cred out there. What would you say is, is, is an ideal schedule? You said that you had a buddy, right? What's an Mm -hmm. ideal schedule? I know everyone's body's different, but what's the average schedule you think people can stick to and it's, it's not going to hurt them or, or, or just be, you know, something that's realistic that they can physically do. Mm-hmm. I would say um, starting out maybe once or twice a week would be uh, good enough if you're doing more intense uh, strength-based exercises, even if that's just home workouts without any weight. Uh, you know, if you're doing squats or if you're doing push-ups or anything like that, mm-hmm. any kind of resistance training, um, I would say start off with once, maximum twice a week. And that way you kind of get your body adjusted to uh, the the physical activity that you're doing in terms of the lighter stuff, like going out for walks. Um, I mean, you can do that, honestly, however often you want to, that's never going to hurt you. Obviously, you know, if you're, if you're overexerting, then that's a different story. But if it's just something that is helping you clear your mind or helping your body move a little bit, even if it's like a five, 10 minute stretching routine mm-hmm. um, that you can do daily or however, yeah, however often. I see. Necessary. 
thank you for sharing that. This is very important. <laughs> um, I'm always curious, like, how do people like actually do this, right? <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I always see it on TV or on Instagram and everyone's like, they're already fit already. I'm like, damn, how do they get there though? Like, I just want, <laughs> I want to see them have the failures, the tumbles, you know, the, I almost gave up moments, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, okay. like that Rocky Balboa kind of thing where you're like, I could do that. I could do that. I could beat up <laughs> meat after work, you know? Um, how about diet? Speaking, speaking, mm. how about diet? I'm just curious. Like I know everyone's diet's different too, different cultures, different, mm-hmm. different, you know, ways of cooking. What, what, what set, what tends to work for you or just most people in your opinion? <sighs> diet is a big thing. And for me, I have a huge sugar craving. So that's one of my biggest downfalls. <laughs> Ooh, Halloween's coming up. <laughs> I know. It's, it's difficult for sure to control and to keep yourself on a schedule. Um, what I've been experimenting with throughout quarantine is cooking different recipes um, and just finding creative ways of making the same thing. So, for example, if you're a meat eater, uh, chicken and turkey are going to be much less fat content than beef or pork. Um, but you can only do so much with chicken or turkey. At least I could only do so much. And pre-quarantine, I didn't cook at all. Mm-hmm. So it really took me a lot of time to sit down and think about like how do I change it up so that I'm not eating the exact same thing every day you know yeah I don't I think also just not being too hard on yourself when you have cheat days um I think that it's really easy to get caught up in this really strict diet and then not being able to keep up with it and then giving up afterwards and start binging and you know eating everything back again so definitely take it easy um and do like maybe change one thing about your diet at a time and then give it a couple weeks or maybe even a month and then start adding new things to it and that's um, a good way to help you keep consistent. I see. So since yeah. we live in a uh, community, whether it's digital or physical, whether it's family or friends, everyone's got an opinion about what we do, right? Always, right? Mm-hmm. Even ourselves, right? So like, have you ever done anything regarding fitness or even career wise? And pe- everyone's kind of like, I don't get it. Or I don't, I don't understand. Or why are you doing that? Or just being super judgmental. Has that ever been like an issue mm-hmm. for you? Um, I think for the most part, uh, my friends have been pretty supportive about what I do. I think it's more of an internal struggle that I have. Um, and I mean, I think part of it just stems from growing up in an Asian household where, you know, you're always striving to be the best and do the best and it's never good enough. And I think that a lot of the times I just never felt like I was good enough to start something. And I think that's why it's taken me so long to jumpstart my dance and my fitness part of my life. Um, Because in my mind, it's always been like, oh, there's so many people out there that are better than me. Like, what makes me qualified to do this Mm. versus other people? Um, And I think getting over that fear is probably one of the biggest hurdles that I have to go through. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, any tips that you give someone to get over that hurdle? Because you 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 seems like you successfully gotten past the most hardest part, which is yourself. Yeah, um, it, it's tough for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, not letting other people discourage you, or not letting your own insecurities discourage you. I know that's easier said than done, you know, because mm-hmm. you're always overthinking about uh, where you're not qualified, but kind of looking at how much you yourself has grown and uh, looking at the amount of passion that you have towards that thing, you know, and it's like thinking about the amount of effort that you're willing to put into it to develop something and really not caring 
just putting yourself out there and not being afraid. So fail. <laughs> so you think that's what it is? Like just in your opinion, like it's just a, it's just the idea of failing that, that kind of, that, that, that makes us cringe a little bit about doing something or jumping into something, especially the self doubt that comes in after a while. I yeah, bad. I think, I think it's afraid of failing and also afraid of other people judging you, especially in this day and age where social media is so big and, you know, you see all of these influencers out there with perfect bodies or like perfect this, perfect that. And you're like, yeah. how am I ever going to compare it to that? You know, and you start having these unrealistic, unrealistic ex- expectations for yourself. Um, and you start comparing yourself to other people and to all of these uh, influencers and just constantly in this mindset of I'm not good enough. And, you know, yeah. I have so much more mm-hmm. to grow before I get to a place of stability. I see. And with your Instagram, I noticed you had a before and after shot. How was it difficult to do that? One and two, <laughs> were you nervous? Like, like what, what was going through your mind when you posted that? Did you take it down, put it back up again, change the caption? <laughs> you know, what did you, how did you go about that? Yeah. So when I was first going to post it, I was like really excited. Obviously I was like, Oh my God, look at my progress. And I remember when I was about to post it, I actually stared at my picture for like at least half an hour being like, should I post it? Like, well, people think that like, this is not a big enough change. Like uh-huh. people have changed like so much in four weeks and here I am in six months and like, it hasn't really changed that much. And I'm like, I don't know, like, will people think that I'm legit and all this yeah. stuff? It was, like, it's Photoshop. A lot sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So no, definitely. I went through a lot of um, self-doubts before yeah. posting it. But then um, another part of me was kind of like, you know what? I don't need to be perfect before I show my progress, you know, and it's like everyone progresses at a different rate. And I also want people to see that they can progress at different rates or they can progress at slower rates, you know, and that's totally fine as long as they see a progression in the work that they've done. Wow. That, that's, that's amazing what you just said. Cause I know whoever's <laughs> listening to this who had doubts or just, it's good to just hear it from someone who's actually mm-hmm. doing it. Not like the yeah. guy who's like, yeah, get healthy, you know, <laughs> and let me stand by a cool Ferrari and just tell you how to live your life. You know, you're, you're physically doing it. So it's awesome. <laughs> um, and, and, and no shades of Photoshop. I mean, some people do some great stuff, but that's how you sleep at night. Um, you know, we're, we're going to do something different here. We're actually going to put it to, put it to work here. Real, real, real life. <laughs> So isn't it crazy that we have to, like, not that we have to, but we, we, we tend to stumble upon doing these types of things are fairly socially, what's the word, socially, feeling social anxiety. Like, mm-hmm. And it's, it's weird because it's sometimes you think, oh my God, it's all in my head. But who mm-hmm. knows how many other people, countless of other people who are thinking the same exact thing and they might never put that post out because mm-hmm. of what you just said, what you described. Um, right. But I, one thing I did notice that you're, you're, your your journey so far isn't just about getting fit, right? I notice there's also a social justice element to it. I don't know if mm-hmm. I want to I don't want to categorize yeah. it for you, but yeah. can you talk about that a little aspect about that? Yes, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was actually a pretty big turning point um, in my whole fitness journey. So towards the beginning of quarantine, uh, my mom actually started this like. Chinese folk dancing club uh, back in Jersey where uh, we're from and uh, it's been going on for a couple of years it's just uh, you know some ladies in the community who get together every week Mm -hmm. and they learn a different choreography and kind of get their bodies moving and obviously after quarantine they weren't able to do that physically anymore Um, so that's when my mom 
contacted me and was like, hey, do you want to come and teach some like cardio dance classes uh, over Zoom? And then I was like, I mean, I have nothing better to do. I don't really have much experience, but you know, whatever. This sounds like something fun. So, um, and it was just for my mom's friends anyway. So it was like very casual. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it was, a- it was actually much harder than I thought it was going to be because you have like one hour of like cardio dance choreography and it's all different and mm-hmm. it's all choreographed to a specific uh, part of the song so I was like wow this is, this is actually a lot um <laughs> yeah so it, it really started off with me just watching YouTube videos kind of, that's how, kind of how it started and then obviously the more I did them the more experience I got I was able to actually add in some Latin dance aspects um and I choreographed things myself and um I started adding in like a workout aspect as well mm-hmm. and it really helped a lot in uh, training myself of how to teach classes, how to you know get feedback from people, and how to change things up so that things are interesting, but also explain it clearly enough so that they understand. Um, so that went on for like a couple months, and then end of May, which was you know uh, the killing of George Floyd, and that's when the entire BLM movement just erupted. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of when I started thinking about like my priorities and evaluating what it is I wanted to do with my life and how me as an individual was able to make or am able to make an impact on the world. You know, it's like you see all of these big companies or like multi-million people donating a ton of money to these organizations. And you're kind of like, Oh, I'm just one person. Like what difference can I actually make, you know? Mm -hmm. And then that's kind of when I had the idea to do like an open um, donation based cardio dance fitness class. It was actually my first ever like public class. And I've, I've wanted to start teaching uh, for a while, but I've, you know, the whole self-doubt thing, I've always just been like really afraid. And I was like, no one's going to come to my classes. Like I'm not qualified enough. But during that time of my life, I was like, you know what, like, this is something that I want to do because I want to use my skills to contribute to something greater, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, it's donation based, it's for a good cause. And I think that people would really support it. So that's kind of how, I started my first donation-based uh, class, and I was actually able to partner with one of my friend's companies, and we ended up raising like over three thousand uh, dollars from that class, which was amazing. I was completely mind blown; like I did not expect that at all, um, and it really made me realize that you know one person can have a much bigger voice. Now, like you think that you're just an individual, but even if you're just resharing resources, I've had a couple of people who. Uh, DM me and was like, hey, thank you so much for sharing this. You know, I didn't know this information until I saw it in your story. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, like, it's just like a five second effort on my part, but it helps educate other people, you know, and it helps bring other people together. Um, And yeah, so with the success of that class, um, I launched like a month long program where we did, it was a five week program. And every week um, we donated to a different cause supporting BLMs, uh, different organizations supporting BLM. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of like a follow-up to the initial class. And I kind of just wanted to keep the momentum going to, you know, to be like, hey guys, you know, like it wasn't just a one-time thing. Like I'm still fighting for the cause and I'm still trying to use um, whatever I can to make a difference, you know? And I think that's, that's really what sparked my interest and uh, wanting to actually open this up to something bigger. Wow. Thank yeah. you for thank you for sharing that. Now everyone knows how you came to this came to this yeah. um, moment. Um, 
I first and foremost admire that 130,000 percent. If that's a percentage, that's real. Maybe you can tell me you're more of the mathematician than I am. But um, this is something that I've struggled with. It's like, man, I don't. I'm just one person. I don't feel like I have an impact here. Like I don't feel like I can do it. And just seeing you do it, it was just. I guess actions just speak louder than words. You look at that and you're like, wow, this is cool. She's, she's, she's merging this, this, and this, and she's finding somehow some way to make it happen. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you look happy doing it. You don't look miserable doing it. (laughs) You're doing it because someone's forcing you or you're not doing it in a way that felt so like dramatic and, and like it was obviously orchestrated to just Mm -hmm. just get money and and just suck out, you know, every effort towards BLM. And it's like, it felt genuine. You know, it felt like mm-hmm. something like, wow, this is a, this is real. Hold up. This is real. Let me check this out. This is a wheel. <laughs> this has been really cool. I really appreciate you gave me a nice broad stroke of where your life has been. Where do you see your life going now? I know we're still in COVID, but like, what do you, mm-hmm. what's the future look like for you? <sighs> um, I think I really want to start obviously developing the whole fitness um, aspect of my life. I think that one of the most important things I need to do is find a niche for myself. Um, I think that's one of the things that I've been, I don't want to say struggling, but like kind of struggling, you know, Um, because I'm trying to balance between doing something that's so targeted that the market is so small versus something that is, you know, much more widely received, but then the market is more saturated, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. that um, I really want to bring in like my passion for Latin dance into fitness. And um, I want to find a way to, you know, somehow mold them together Mm -hmm. uh, to be something different, but it's also something that I personally enjoy um, and I'm passionate about. And hopefully when that happens, um, I don't know, just get bigger (laughs) Um, and hopefully, you know, run a legit business, which would Mm -hmm. be super cool. And it's, yeah, like not something that I ever really thought about before this year. Cool. Wow. What a major transformation. Like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first and foremost, I want to give you all my sending my all my good vibes your way to make all that happen. All right. So this is this is I, I we're like watching it as it unfolds. So this is mm-hmm. really cool. Um, I don't yeah. know if you believe in like the destiny has been written already, but if it is, it's unfolding right before us, which is great. <laughs> and um, I'm sure whoever's listening to this right now is a super fan of you. So Aww. is there anything that you want them to just be part of or just know about, or you want to give yourself a plug, something like that. You want to tell them where you, where they can find you. Um, the list can go on. Do you write a blog? <laughs> Is there something they need to know? Like, Oh, I could check this every Thursday at five o'clock. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I recently um, started my fitness account, which is uh, on Instagram at flex by Fefe. So it's flex dot by dot Fefe, F-E-I-F-E-I. Um, so you can follow me on there uh, as I continue to explore my fitness journey, I guess. Um, and I'm going to be having regular classes soon uh, for PIT28. So uh, they're probably going to be uh, online and there's probably going to be some special events uh, throughout the coming months before it gets too cold. So be on the lookout for that happening as well. So. <laughs> Um, is there anything else that you want to leave with the audience? Anything you want to share with them? Anything at all? 
Um, it's never too late to start. So, you know, taking the first step is always the hardest, but uh, as long as you do it, you're going to feel much better afterwards and you're going to thank yourself for it. That's so cool. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you, all the things you're doing, your following, and just where your heart's at. It's really important to highlight people like yourself um, <laughs> and give you a platform to speak upon your journey so other people can maybe look underneath this rock and say, wow, hey, I could do this too. 